Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Hello. Welcome. We're back. Stuck at home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and this guy. And me. I'm an out-of-work painter from PBS. How are you? <laughs> what was your line? You used to control one arm of Grouch. Oh, yeah. Grouch. <laughs> I looked at my beard today because I haven't really looked at myself in like a week and a half because I've been moving. And uh-huh. I wasn't on the show. I guess it hasn't been that long. I, we do the show every day okay. since a Monday. But I feel like my beard, I've aged 22 years in the last uh, week. And I, look, I feel like I look like a out-of-work PBS Muppeteer. And what, the, the PBS told you to go kick rocks? Yeah, they're just like, you, you know what? Yeah, yeah. They're like, sorry, we, we don't need you to do one hand of Oscar the Grouch anymore. We've, we've managed to make one person all of Oscar go kick rocks. Thank you. This is... You know, yeah, we had a downsize. Yeah, this has been brought to you by the, the letter C and the number 19. <laughs> C19? <laughs> um, I, everyone's using it. Like, listen, this is a serious thing I know. It doesn't feel like a high-energy day-to-day, though, does it? No, no, it doesn't. Yeah, no. I, I think just being an empath and feeling energy, it doesn't feel like, hey, what's up? How you doing? It's weenie in the butt. Welcome <laughs> to the morning show. It's like, no, it's not that at all. It's oh. just calm the down <laughs> take it down about three notches at least and uh, let's never. just have a conversation never never okay no i'm just kidding uh, listen it was a nice couple of days uh unfortunately you had to move I, I don't really like being off i have to say because uh i, I don't like spending that much time with myself <laughs> well you had a little no, bit i of love a... myself but I, i'm saying that the thoughts get too uh, oh i've been all over the place you know i kind of ended last uh Last episode on a cliffhanger talking about my anxiety and taking antidepressants and trying to feel yeah. a little bit more centered. Uh, Alexa, is it working? Has it, do you feel anything well, new? Yes. It's got okay. me. I think that there's a there's a, a getting used to it period. Hmm. And I'm in that where it actually gives you a little bit more energy. But that energy when you're in, full of anxiety kind of, you know, just makes you more anxious. So there's a couple days where I think that the, according to the the things I've been reading in the doc, what the doctor said, it's like, right. all right, you're going to might be a little more anxious, but the long term is OK. Right. So there's a little bit of overload now, which doesn't yes. help during the move days. Yes. Like you could have used the overload, you know, after the move days or way before the move days, not actually during them. That being said, though, the move happened. The move has happened. And you're in the new place. We are broadcasting from the new spot. No, I, I, as you can tell right here, I'm, um, I'm in a doctor's office. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> waiting room. Are. No, actually, I am in. Um, I'm in the office. Uh, we just uh-huh. got approved uh, for uh, by SAG, so you know we don't. Nobody's here yet. Nobody's working, but uh, mm-hmm. we are going to start doing some voiceover recordings for a couple of the cartoons that we're doing. Oh, that's and, great! And uh, so we are—we are technically open back up, not for everybody, but you know, tomorrow I think, I think we have like Danny Trejo's coming in tomorrow, and uh, yeah, Ooh. Brandon Johnson to do a for for. I can't talk about what they're working on, but yeah, I think they're coming. Oh, in like tomorrow. a new thing. Yeah. Oh, that's great. 
That's great. I mean, the office is open for me, obviously. Yeah, always, it's not, always. It's yeah, been it's open for you the whole time. You can come in here, do your do your business, whatever. <laughs> Just wander around the streets. But you left the new spot, which is close to the office, and you went to the office to, yes. to do the show today. So yes. that, that's commitment because we yeah. could have taken the day off. Yeah, uh, you know, yet another day off. Which again, uh, I might have gone crazy, but we could have done it. Yeah, we could have. But right, here's the here's the here's the deal. Um, we got um, first of all. Uh, we got uh, contacted. Scott told me, let us know that like Ron Funches was going to be able to come on today. And mm -hmm. he is my absolute favorite by far favorite comedian and talk about a new show called hoops, which has a cast that I really like. And I, mm. I wasn't going to miss it. And we're not, we don't have internet and I'm sleeping on a mattress and <laughs> you're um, still sleeping I, on an air mattress. Yeah. And I ate, I ate BJ's fish and chips off, off a cardboard box last night, but How I wasn't good. It was, BJ's on like Tahunga. Yeah, uh, BJ's on like uh, Island. Uh, over there off Burbank. Yeah, over like off Victory, over the Burbank Town Center area. Oh, okay, I know the one you're talking. It's good though, right? I mean, it's yeah, salty. Great. I mean, oh, it's super salty. That's that's, that's the cardboard just adds to the luxury. <laughs> of you're just licking the salt off the cardboard. Exactly. But I was really excited, and so I didn't want to miss today because uh, you know, so a little Ron move. is coming here today. Ron, Ron is here. We're going to introduce him here in just a I second. I didn't think you'd be doing that if 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 he wasn't. Nope. If Rod wasn't here, I'd be like, that wouldn't be that be awful. I was like, hey. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> well, yeah, I know how excited we, you know, you were and I was, but, you know, like we had talked about this, you know, offline and, you know, it's exciting. So I, when we went on, it was like, okay, well, you know, we'll see, you know, that's all I guess we'll see, but he's here. So that yep. means like we shouldn't, we should, you know, bring him on. Yes. Let's, let, let's talk to him. About oh, have you watched hoops? I mean, because it's oh, yeah. really I, funny. I got to I got to preview some hoops, and I've watched I've watched uh, more than my fair share. When I told you I was going to meditate, I actually watched another episode <laughs> of, of uh, hoops. Of was hoops. that your meditation? Yeah, I watched the Zen episode, so that was kind of you know it was a little so, bit like of both. seven. You're like going seven. You're done. Yeah, you're almost done, huh? Yeah. I'm not I'm not that I'm not that far in yet, but I want to be. I feel like, <laughs> thank God there's something else to watch. All right, why are we talking about this with, with each other? Yeah, no, I don't know. That sounds it's like silly. that's silly. All right. Well, without further ado, guest. I'm really, really excited to introduce Ron Funches. He's a very, yes. very talented and funny comedian, and he's also one of the stars of this new show, Hoops. And without further ado, here we are. Yeah. Hi. Hey. What's up, Ron? How's it going? How you doing, man? Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh man! What's I think we point? have the same headset on. I feel like we I have the we... exact same headset on. Are you wearing the Quiet Comfort too? Yeah, the midnight, the midnight one though, the midnight mm -hmm. special edition, right? You got yeah, that got midnight to. blue. <laughs> <laughs> nice, right? right? They only made a few of those. Yeah, it's, that oh, it's a great, it's a For great set of headsets. Yo, Jason, you're the, not like us. You're not I'm like us. Quiet Comfort. Right. Oh, you got the, oh, you Jason got wants the in. <laughs> Jason wants in. He's not on the. He's not on the, the wireless tip though. This is. The, <laughs> this is the the thing, Ron. You are so funny. Thank you for being here, and thanks for making us laugh all the time. So I want to talk about everything, but I guess let's jump into hoops. Is hoops out yet, or are we just special? Uh, you're special. It comes out uh, <laughs> August 21st on Netflix for, for everybody else, for all the regular people. Uh, <laughs> this thing is so funny. Now, did you know, Ben, uh, were you brought into audition? Like, how does this come about? Because you're perfect in this role. 
Oh, thank you. Actually, mm-hmm. I had not met Ben before. And um, as he tells the story, he was actually watching my comedy special, Giggle Fit, on, on Comedy Central. <laughs> and he was they had already written this character. And, and, and they saw me. And he goes, I want this guy in my show. And they reached out to me and, and had me try this character out. And he had a completely different name at the time. And oh, they was, was it just Jeremy? Like, <laughs> Sorry, go they're like just let you be you and then they were like can we we'll just name the character ron now and and it's been awesome i mean that's why it seems so well suited to me because they were like just be you <laughs> i mean it's 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 working out this is a dark dark show i mean i think this is the trend we're seeing on netflix but uh didn't really require that much of a move for you right it was kind of easy to park yourself into that role i can imagine yeah well i've done a fair share of dark things and murdery <laughs> things i play a, a shark murdering man in, in harley quinn i play king yes. shark so i've been used to cursing and murdering at people <laughs> <laughs> i mean i want to talk first of all jason is i mean if it's possible he's a bigger fan of harley quinn than i, I jay there he is what? jason oh, let's get into harley quinn for a minute you can even x me out if you want because i know because <laughs> no, like, like jason really like no, please jason let's start most, on harley quinn for a moment no, well no because most Mostly all I'm going to do, Ron, is I'm just going to fanboy out. I just really We're all fanboying out. Ron. I think so that he's just going to deal I, with it. I love what you've done with King Shark. Um, do you feel like uh, you know? I know you're not going to be King Shark in the the, the the Suicide Squad TV show. Is there any who? Um, but uh, I I don't have any questions. I really don't. I'm just so excited. Right, he's very excited. So I'll do the, then I'll do the question. You just jump back in if you have anything, because I'm going to have all our, our listeners and viewers. I want. Ron, to walk us up this. So you're a comedian. First and foremost, you are this now very unfortunately dying breed of master artists. No, really, it is. It's it's the last bastion left for free speech, I think. I agree. This in animation. So I agree. Right. So you're first and foremost, this is your craft, correct? Yes. How how do you start this? And and, let me ask you this first. Where are you from? I was... um Born in Los Angeles, raised in Chicago, Illinois, and I started mm-hmm. comedy in Portland, Oregon. Okay, so you just went completely the backwards route. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh, I'm already in Chicago. Let me go to Portland yeah. to do comedy. And I was like, well, I'm, in, I'm born in L.A. No, let's not start here. Chicago, I hear, has a wonderful scene that a lot of people come out of. No, let's not do that. Let's start in Portland, Oregon, and just create our own vibe, our own thing. Well, first of all, you did that, but tell me a little about this, because there's a whole thing going on in Portland now, but you start back there a, a while ago, right? So, so what is that like there? Is it a wasteland? Oh, uh, 14 years ago, it was pretty much yeah. a wasteland. Yeah, we only had one club, and it was horrible. It was not good. It was before the festival had happened, before we had helium. Um, but what it did allow me to do was to just kind of make myself happy and do jokes for myself because I didn't see a career in this. I didn't see like, Oh, okay. I need to copy this person because this is what's working. It was more like, well, we're probably all just going to be broken poor. So let's just make each other laugh. And I think that's kind of sometimes the best way to go about something was just with love, you know? Yeah. It's like the way a samurai goes into war. He's already dead. Yes, yeah, you get yeah. it. Yeah, I get it completely, man. I'm with you, buddy. I, I'm completely with. You. That's why I ask these questions because I'm fascinated. And I also feel like our listeners who feel like you know, well, there's a lot of people who listen to us that don't know. You know, they don't know how to just jump in. And sometimes, like you said, that's just the best way. Say, I'm already broke. I'm already poor. This is how it's going to be, and I'm doing this anyway. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, find the thing that you're willing to do it's to start at the bottom of. Like any mm-hmm. other job I had, I hated it because I was like, well, I guess I'll, I would do it if I was the boss, but I'm not the boss, so I hate it. Uh, but I always love comedy. I love stand-up. And I was like, you know, if I was an open micer my whole life, I would still do stand-up, you know? I just love it. And, and unfortunately, I've been people like what I do, and I've been able to do a lot more things because of it. Yeah, a lot of people like what you do, Ron. So, so, but yet you you're in this stand up world. I mean, which is again, it's a very hard egg to crack. And then do you go from Portland as you start rising up, and you know, go back to Chicago, go back to L.A. Like, what what happens? Uh, well, you know, at first people are just like, we don't think you're, this is not serious. You're not really doing this. And then the more you go, people are like, okay, now I see you coming around. And mm-hmm. then when I start coming back to Chicago and doing theaters and stuff, and then my family was like, okay, now I guess I won't come. <laughs> you got tickets? Put me on the list. Yeah. And I do. But you know, <laughs> it's a big job. Yeah. I don't mind that. It's fun. It's cool. I like people finding it when they find it and i love it even more when people continue to be themselves like my my uncle uh started dating this lady and i came to chicago to do a show and he go he talks to her and he's like well my 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 nephew's doing a show it's at a theater it's sold out do you want to go and she just looks up and she just goes "Mm -mm." (laughs) he was not getting any no, no, I was like, I appreciate the honesty. I like that honesty. Not no interest, no interest. Oh, your flesh and blood is doing comedy in front of a sold out theater. That does not interest me at all. Let's get a drink or like, maybe I'm just going to go home. Okay. I was just checking. All right. So, so I kind of like your uncle. Though. I think we He's date the cool. same women. Okay. So, so let me ask you this. All right. I don't ask a lot of guests this because I usually save it for when I like interview deep dive form, but I'm very interested in you. What is the first call you get that you remember where life's going to change for you? Oh, I mean, probably my wife going, I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) No, I meant change (laughs) non-laterally. Uh, the first <laughs> real positive, I mean, that turned very positive, but uh, yes, of course, I think it was um, with, within two days of each other, I got this two calls. One was like, one said, um, you're going to be on Conan O'Brien, and the other one was saying that you're going to be a new face at Montreal, and those were the, like, with the like, fact right that they were back like, back. yeah, one day after the other, and so that really was like, oh, I think, okay, maybe, maybe this might work out. <laughs> How nerve were you nervous doing Conan? I mean, like, oh, uh, absolutely. absolutely. First time walking in there, it's a big deal, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. my first time on TV, my first stand up set, seeing people see nationally, and not only that, it's like that's my person. That's the guy who's like comedy I grew up on. He shaped a lot of my humor, whether it was from his show or as a writer on The Simpsons or whatever he was doing. He shaped a lot of my humor, and so I mean, I, I. will probably remember until the day I die. I remember doing a joke and hearing the laughter of the crowd. But more than that, I could remember I heard his chuckle yes. in the back behind me. That was it. That and was I was like, oh, sh- okay, okay, I'm doing something. He's, <laughs> he's liking this. 
I'm feeling you. I got a little goosebumps from that because that's very real. Everything's going on. It's one of the biggest moments of your life, but you hear that chuckle to the right corner. You know, I was interviewing Dane Cook. He said that about um, someone else that was in the audience. It wasn't his dad. I think Jason might remember what it is, but it's the same thing where that laugh and you kind of know that you're on to something, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so yeah. then it's all, and then you go do Montreal and Montreal's a big success for you. Yeah, it's really fun. It was my first introduction to the business aspect of this job of people trying to figure me out and be like, oh, where can we put you and what are you and all of that. And and that was really interesting for me. A lot. First time I ever heard go, you're on our radar. I heard that a lot. Oh, right. (laughs) On our radar. Then you get into all these like general meetings, right, with all these Mm -hmm. weird suits. We love you, Ron. We love your work. Oh, my God. Your special was so good. And they're watching it. Don't even wrong but you got to walk away with the deal and, yeah and exactly but they you, walk do. <laughs> you do you well, do not for a long time not for several years after that <laughs> okay so wait let's that's important though because several years after you do conan and after you are invited to montreal which is probably the biggest honor of a young stand-up right yes one of and yes. now it's several years till you're walking into a deal yeah. This is not about three, a three years, three years after that. Yeah. No, it, it was more of a like nudge of like, you could do these things, but you're going to have to keep working. You're going to have to keep pushing. And <laughs> that's so, not enough. Yeah. You're going to have to go to acting class. You're going to have to do all oh, these is that what things. you did. Oh, you yeah. Acting class. Yeah. Where'd as soon as I moved to L.A., I, I'm, I'm at the same place that I'm at now. I, um, Myra Turley is my acting coach. She runs a little small private, like 10 to 12 people class. And mm-hmm. she's an amazing actor herself. She's been in, in Mama's Family. She's been in Mad Men. Oh. She's been in Breaking Bad. Myra been, Turley? Yes. She's an uh, Jason, amazing let's actor. Up, let's pull something up on her and, and put a site up or something so people can check it out. I love that. Myra Turley. And you still study with her. So you, yeah, absolutely. Now. Yes, absolutely. So this is what helps craft these voices. When you're going in for these voiceovers, whether it's Harley or, you know, and King Shark, or you're going in for this, well, the, you know, you're working on these. This is coming from an acting place as well as a stand-up place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think... Be- Especially because I'm not a mimic of, of any type, you know. I'm not. I, I don't have multiple voices. I don't have like, well, here's Southern Ron and here's New York Ron. I don't have that. I have like energy. All I can do is mess with my energy. I can be excited. I can be sleepy. I can be pissed. I can do all of that, and that'll change my voice and change my register. But that's it. I'm not like. I mean, there's so many voice actors who are amazing, and you look at and they're doing ten to twelve roles in one show, and yeah. I I do one. If if, uh, if they're if they're desperate, I do too. <laughs> and that second guy sounds a lot like the first guy. So <laughs> might notice. A, listen, what's the guy from Bob's Burger? The the biggest guy. He always sounds the same. He never sounds yeah, different. Absolutely. Archer. He's Bob's Burger. He's never different. Exactly. A big market in this, Ron. Don't don't move what you're doing. Oh, no, I can't. I know I can't. I know I can't. And I try not to. And I just anytime that we book a thing, I just I go that they know I'm not a voice actor. I'm an I'm an actor and I'm a comedian who has a weird voice. (laughs) I I do have to say, you know, in hearing your stand up and and listening to you, I, I don't know anyone with a voice like yours. I would say it's absolutely unique. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's something that I was born with and used to be a detriment (laughs) that people made fun of me before and kept me from having sex. And now it gives me money and I have a very beautiful wife. So I get a lot of sex. Yeah. Yeah. or, Or none. (laughs) <laughs> it's depending. I don't know. I'm not judging. Yeah, I'm just saying day. maybe. I don't know. I don't no, know. We have I, maybe that was just me. 
when we I was we, we try not to go 48 hours without having sex. We got See, we try to. This is important. How long have you guys been married? Uh a week. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. Now for real though, how long? Like years and years, right? No, a week. <laughs> no, come on. You've really been married a week? Yeah. Oh, you're not you're not fucking with me. No. A week. Congratulations. Six days. Holy Six shit. Days. Congratulations. Wait, so you can't go on a honeymoon. You got married during COVID. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? In LA? Yeah, here in LA at this little place in La Brea. It was real beautiful. It was real fun and sweet. And it was just nice to do it just because we love each other. You're not because of anything else. I have a question. Was it mm-hmm. on was it across from the taco place uh by the Leonardo's? Yeah. I got married there. <laughs> no. Yeah, I got get married there. Uh, we el- I eloped uh, because we or we didn't want to get you know we were kind of doing a wedding on a dare and we didn't want to do anything big. We decided we we're going to have a wedding and we did July first three years ago at that place in the Brea. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a really nice little place. It's really beautiful. They make it re- look really nice. The pictures came out really well, and it was just nice to just do it just for us. And and, and sure, I'd yeah. love to have my mom there and, and other members of the family there. But if one thing this COVID was, it was a nice excuse not to invite the racist members of, of the in-laws <laughs> and the family. You know, so they're yeah. just like we we would love to have you there, but we the it, disease that is that is actually the best excuse ever, right? It's like I it really don't, is. Yeah, just the disease. COVID. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's real. It's an excuse, and it's real. Truly, and a, <laughs> and an excuse. <laughs> yes, really, it's like a kid. A kid is a real excuse for everything. Once you have the kid, it. it's like yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I'd love to, but my my kid. Yeah, I still use mine, and he's seventeen. So, dude, I use I mine. He's sixteen. He's <laughs> drive. You don't need me for shit. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. My kid's got, got a, a tummy ache. He's got a tummy ache. And he, he hurt he, himself. <laughs> We're like motherfucking people with kids. <laughs> it's the best. But meanwhile, very, very real. Congratulations. That is Thank amazing. You. Congratulations to your wife, your whole family. Really, just enjoy the ride. So now we got hoops to watch. Just. Tell, tell me a little, what's going on here. I mean, because this show is is crazy. And uh, yeah. can you tell me a little about it? Absolutely. It's a show uh, about a horrible basketball coach. <laughs> he is not good at his job, and he's a very mean person. And, and it's just uh, foul-mouthed and, and vulgar. And I play his best friend. <laughs> and I also sleep with his wife. And so... <laughs> and, and he's okay with it, is the, is the joke. Yeah, why wouldn't he be? I'm so charming, and I and I take care of her much better than he ever could have. So it's just a real, like, off-the-wall, balls-to-the-wall comedy. There are no messages. There are no nothing where, no. at the end, he turns go. around and, and learns his life and, and becomes a better person. That nope. doesn't happen. It's just pure, like, escapism and, and funny comedy at a time where people sorely need it. Yeah, and really pushing the envelope on stuff. I mean, in the pilot, he uh, he's getting a hooker to take the virginity of a seven-foot basketball player so he can get him on the team. I mean, this is what I wanted the Bad News Bears to be. when they Yeah, with Billy that sounds a lot like that movie Blue Chips. I remember watching Blue Make Chips. Nope. And- <laughs> 
Nice pull. I like that Thank one, right? I'm glad you understood. I, no, I, I say them even when people don't understand them. So. <laughs> You're unstuck at home, man. We get this stuff. We go deep here, without a doubt. But there's something that is that resonates about this show. I, I don't know if you've been getting it. Well, you know, it's early, right? So you just have it out to critics and these people, right? So I think this thing's going to be very, very big and talked about. This is uh, There's something very relative about what's going on right now and the fact that we don't have to think about it at all. When we watch. Yes, <laughs> truly. I just think that we're, we're in a spot where everybody wants you to think about everything that's going on yes. on every part of the day. Everybody's checking over their, their shoulder to make sure they're saying the right thing and this and that. And this is a show that just is like, you know, we just came to be funny and, and, and curse a whole bunch. And then that's it. And that's yep. all. And I hope that's good enough for you. And zero fucks <laughs> given. But you know what else I have to say? And I don't know. Maybe you could tell me if this was something that was conscious or just something that happened uh, but the show seems to have this thing that like Shit's Creek has and I think Jason and I were talking about another show where you set this universe it's not black or white it's like black dating white everybody's doing everything and it's just accepted those are not the storylines it's not like mm -hmm. oh there's an interracial relationship we have to have a storyline about it. it's like nope mm -hmm. everything's normal no one's got any problems with it let's just have fun yeah was that overall tone that going into it like we're going to set this universe like that yeah, well, I think it just there was no focus on that. It wasn't like we were like, oh, well, there no one that was never even brought up that the fact that um, Natasha's character is a white woman and I'm now dating her. It, it was yes. it was never a thing that was brought up because I think that that's not real as as relative to real life anymore. That's kind of like people still hitting over these same old stereotypes and same old tropes Thank that you. we should, that it's better to just move along and not talk about than try to make a like Saturday morning cartoon special about, you know, they Put go, why? Bed. Yeah, it's done. Yes, it is. And and then you launch up. So so I want to break here for a second because I have heard, and you did a podcast about this, right? You, you, just, you lost a bunch of weight recently. Is this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how, how much weight did you lose? I lost about 145 pounds. 145 pounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, you didn't have a thyroid condition, right? This is just like you like to eat? I like to eat and I like to eat Philly cheesesteaks a lot and, 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 and whole boxes of cereal. And I did not like exercising at all. Cinnamon Toast Crunch was my, was my fan. It's my best friend. And, uh, but now I exercise a bunch. Now I exercise a bunch and I don't eat any Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay. So first question I have to ask you, how did you get off sugar? That's been the most difficult one. That's the the yes. one that I'm focusing on now, even after I've lost a lot of the weight. Like, I, it was just more about getting rid of individual things. I stopped drinking soda completely, mm -hmm. stopped eating fast food completely. And now my wife is pretty much just like, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, she makes me these cookies made out of bananas and oats. Like, <laughs> she does. This is sand. This is yeah. Sand. They're not bad after a right, long time. Yeah, because you're hungry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. yeah, that's why they're not bad. That's the whole point of healthy food. You just get hungry enough to be like, ah, I kind of like it. Yeah. So, but it's my, I mean, my wife's been the main reason that I've been able to even focus on it a little bit because that's been my biggest battle. Deal with eating addictions my whole life and, and, and I still struggle with it. And so, even after some of the physical changes, I've been focusing more on the the mental aspect of it and dealing with my therapist and like, why do I do this? Why, when I feel anxiety or things aren't certain, why do I need to go get like little Debbie's and stuff like that? You know, 
Little Debbie's are good. Do you have I mean, a good answer? Yeah. So I don't, I Did you come why. back because I said Little yeah. Debbie's? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was feeling anxious and I was looking. I was looking around for some Little Debbie. <laughs> yeah, well, but this is a real thing. But but but, Ron, let me ask you this because it brings up uh, almost another thought when you're saying this. You, you get healthy in your body, right? Which enables your mind to get healthy. But now your mind gets healthy, but you're still thinking the same thoughts that you had when you were overweight. Yes. Yeah. Triggers don't go away. No, they don't. Addiction doesn't go away. It just changes into different forms and you have to learn how to deal with it. And so that was what I was looking at. I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm denying myself these foods, but I'm not mentally going like, oh, I don't want it. I'm just going like, oh, I can't wait until Saturday and then I can. And then I'm going to go crazy, you know? And I, yeah. And so <laughs> I had to learn to like be like, well, that's not healthy either. I have to learn that this. I like how I feel in the morning when I eat healthy as opposed to when I wake up after eating some crap and I feel like and I feel like crap, you know, and I just had to more just slow down and, and listen to my body and listen to how I feel um, when different things happen. That's a big thing. My therapist said she's like, well, you might not be able to stop it, but the next time this happens, slow down and feel why it's happening so then you can at least think about it. Oh, that's really interesting. So you may not stop going for the little Debbie, but while you're eating one and not the two or the three, just take a minute and like, why am I eating this? Yes. Do I want this? Is this fun to me? Or Yes. Or am I doing this to fulfill something else going on in my life? And that's, yeah, that's, it's going to be my struggle my whole life. I don't think I'll ever get rid of it, but I, I plan to, to continue to fight for the rest of my life. Well, this is amazing what you've already done. I mean, you know, you may not see all the bodies out there, but you've, you know, you've won a war already. So, you know, the thing that I've found with a lot of my friends who have gone through this is, you know, once you get to that target weight or that place where you're like, I look good, I feel good, like, you know, you're, you're looking good, right? You're feeling mm -hmm. good. And then mm -hmm. you're like, all right, I know I can do it. And then you just start to eat a little more. Mm -hmm. And you start to eat a little more. And it's like you get back up there a lot faster than it takes to get back down. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that's the yo-yo, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I just have to learn to accept myself and who, who I am because I would, would get down that certain weight and go like, oh, I, I'm healthy. I'm fine. Um, other people are eating cookies. Why can't I eat a cookie? And then it's like, well, because when you eat one cookie, you eat the whole box of cookies and then you get on Postmates and order a milkshake and then you order fat sales at two in the morning. So like maybe just don't have that cookie. So <laughs> I think okay, so this is the last reason I'm gonna ask you. Stop <laughs> stop watching me. That's that I feel like that was my last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I got chills. <laughs> so just don't eat that cookie. Okay, so this is I just want to ask you like so what did you, did you have something that you found aside from your inner fortitude that like you did or some kind of trick you did or something like that? every time in the beginning when you're starting to lose the weight? Cause I find that's the hardest place, mm -hmm. you know, that you, did you find a mental trick or a physical trick or anything? You just said, fuck it. I'm not going to eat. It was mostly, it was just shutting my brain off and just being like, mm -hmm. these are the rules I need to save my life. I can't do this. So we're just going to follow the rules and we're just going to drink water and we're just going to eat this chicken breast and, and we're just going to follow these rules. And yeah, like I said, it took another like two years for me then to go like, okay, well, we followed the rules. Now we have to start thinking about ourselves and what's going on. But the the hardest part was just, you know, like just starting and making sure you don't overload yourself and try to do too much, you know, 
I started off with just walking two miles a day. And then, you know, now it's like I walk two miles in the morning and then two miles at night and on an incline and, you know, I lift weights and I, you know, I do all that stuff, but it didn't start at me. Right. Like, you know, just lifting and doing my one arm rolls. It, it, it started slowly with just me walking. Did you get a, a trainer? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you love your trainer. I love him. He's the best. Yeah. They become your great. best friends. You're seeing him more than you're seeing most anybody in your life. Yeah, and someone that cares about me and holds me accountable to things and and and, and can tell you know and then he gets to know me so much so that he can tell like if I had that bad Saturday and he's like, Well yeah. you're being a little sluggish and you seem a little bit bloated in the face. So what's going on? <laughs> yeah, they become your therapist. It's like my boxing trainer, Dave. It's the same thing. You'd be like, Oh, what's the matter? What's going on? You the, the, you, you something with money, you didn't get that job. I'm like, What shut just shut up. Let's do mitts. But no, you're telling him. Right? I'm this is I know exactly what you're talking about, man. So all of this now, you got the show coming up. Yeah, now what do you think's going on with stand up at this point? Because I've been really toiling over this in my brain. Are we gonna get new specials or clubs gonna open? like what the hell is going on? It's it's a crazy time in the world. I'm sure they'll figure out something. They'll always find a way to create content. So I'm sure they'll figure out a special, uh, you know, or find someone to give one to. Uh, but as far, uh, what are you thinking? Like, are you gonna like are you are you going out? Are you doing clubs? Or are you even wanting to? I'm doing some Zoom shows. I'm, I'm preparing my own live stream event on September 5th. Uh, people can get tickets to that, ronfunches.com. I'll be doing a full hour. Um, it's basically my road show that we've been doing, me and my best friends, Blair Saki and Gabe Dinger. But since we can't do it on the road, we're going to do a show at uh, Christopher Titus's production studio. There'll be a 10-person audience in real life. And then we'll live stream it out to the rest of the world and hope that people want to buy it. And oh, that's I, I think, amazing. Yeah, I think it is. And it's kind of like my test cases. Like, well, let me see if I can sell tickets. And then if this works, I'll do more of those. And, and, and you know, and I like that they're up for a limited amount of time. So I don't necessarily have to burn all that material. I'm still working it out. It's kind of like going to ask you that. Yeah, it's the closest to like seeing me live. We're like, oh, I'm going to play around. I'm going to try new things. I'm going to do this and that. And it'll still be like a sharp hour of material, but it's not like I'll be suited up and there'll be right. a big theater or anything like that. It's just, um, you know, trying something new. And it won't be uh, out on the Internet, per se, as a broadcast of like, oh, that's it. That material's now been used and you can't go back to it again. Exactly. It's just up for a limited amount of time. The people who catch it can catch it. But I also okay. want it to keep it up for, you know, not just live so that if you miss it, you don't see it. I want to keep it up for 24 hours for people who are, you know, in, in different parts of the world. I have fan base in Canada and the UK and even like my specials, they weren't able to see because Comedy Central geo-blocks a lot of their stuff. And so this is kind of the first chance for people in other countries to, to see me. So I, I'm excited about that. This is very exciting. And I think also what we're going to get is what we get from this is we, we have your two other, uh, are they warm-ups? What are they? Because that, that seems like the wrong term, warm-ups. Uh, yeah, they were. They're definitely my openers. They're openers. Right. They're tremendous comedians in their own right. Blair Saki, I think, is one of the top rising uh, comedians of all time. Not of you know, right now, not I all time. It. I but she, right Saki's now, amazing. she's killing it. She's killing she's it. Got a great voice. She's tremendously herself. I love taking her on the road because I would just watch these people not 
for the first minute not know what they were getting and then watch people fall in love with her and, and i i love doing stuff like that and, and gabe's been like my best friend since i started comedy and he's one of the most solid joke writers i've ever met and and i love watching him perform as well but i know that blair is practicing for this and i'm practicing for this but i don't think gabe is so i'm excited to see how that goes all right give us the date when's the date it's September 5th. Uh, people can get tickets right now at romfunches.com. They're only $10. It's pretty cheap to see me. That's you can have your whole family there. There is a no drink minimum. There's a no pants minimum. No tipping. <laughs> yeah. I haven't worn pants since March, Ron. I got my pajamas on right now. I got shorts on right now. I got Lululemon <laughs> shorts on right now. Look, I look all nice up here. I got shorts yeah. and have a sauna thong sandals. That's, a, That's this all is that it. matters. The top Life is, is all that matters. <laughs> what happened, man? Where did we, where did we go this way? Um, wait, now I hear also that you have a show also coming out on Quibi? I yes, mean, yes. What I have a the game hell? show. Slow down, buddy. What is the show? Hey, we did a lot of this stuff before the world fell apart, and now it's all coming out at once. Uh, that's, so. <laughs> that's all right. No, I, no, I ain't mad at you. Please tell us. What is this? I'm hosting is a this? game show called Nice One. It'll be out August 24th. It's basically like a nice spiritual successor to the shows like At Midnight that I uh, a lot of people knew me from and first learned of me from. Um, so I'm the host of a panel show, Three Comedians, uh, where I forced them to come up with the bright side of bad situations. And, and it's really awesome. I think people are going to like it. It's just six to eight minutes of really hilarious comedy of com- introducing you to new comedians. And I get to wear nice suits and be a fun host. And I fell in love with hosting because of this. And whether we get a second season of this or, or something else, I, I want to host more shows because I, I really like it. I like making my friends uh, look better. And I like wearing nice suits. You know, you, you figured it out. That's what I'm saying. When I was writing, I figured this out, too. I'm like, I like hosting. This, this writing thing is ridiculous. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just want to set up an empire and host shit. Yeah, <laughs> I never. Yeah, I, when my, I had two jobs at once. It was like my first jobs in L.A. I was on a kid's show called Crash and Bernstein with Danny, <laughs> with Danny Woodburn and Mary Birdsong from Reno 911 and Danny Woodburn wow. from Seinfeld. And Andy Kindler was on the show on occasion. And I was also writing on the Kroll show, which I love very much. But I learned, I remember they were having this birthday party for one of the kid actors. And it was the, at the time, it was the most beautiful cake I had ever seen in my life. And I go, how, I go, that's, a, that's an amazing cake. How, did, how the hell do you get a cake like that? And then one of the writers in the kid show turns to me and goes, oh, you can, you can get that. You're an actor. And, I, <laughs> and that clicked in my head. I was like, oh. I want to be an actor. I, yeah. I want the cake. So the accolades, right? I want all yeah. the free shit. Yes. I want the cake. I want the clothes. I want, yes. you know, De Niro's got to touch it, keep it. Yes. You know, on, on his contract. Yes. I put Anything that in mind now, too. Anything that yep. they, they dress me in, I'm taking home. And yeah. I love to write. I love writing, but I like writing for myself. I'm very hard for me to write for some for other people's voices. I think it's because I have such a un- unique um, style. But... I found that I'm not necessarily the, the best at that. I loved working on the Kroll show. I love working on the Eric Andre show, but I'm at my best writing for me. So I, I, I and I love credit. I love credit. Well, yeah, these are all, these are all insane training grounds though. I mean, you're, you're working with some of the, you know, more cutting edge people, you know, this is a nice place to make your bones. Oh, absolutely. I, I truly believe that. I think working on the Kroll show, I look back at the cast and all the writers and see that they're pretty much the, um, 
the the best things going on in Hollywood right now. And for me Foundation to be a small part, yeah, to be a small part of that show. I think the Kroll show stands up with with you know kids in the hall, Stella, with with, with all of those people as as one of the best guest shows of all time. Agreed. Uh, absolutely agreed. And if you haven't watched the Carl show, I, I can't recommend that enough. I mean, Nick's one of those rare talents like yourself. It's like you guys don't stop doing stuff. But also it's interesting because you guys do most of the stuff you're doing is you. Like they change that role in hoops. It's you. you know what I mean, it's like it's now Ron. And they, yeah. they matched your beard. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, you figured I figured out it. your brand. Yes, I take it as a beautiful compliment. Um, I, I love being myself. I'm not good at doing many other things. I mean, and that's actually one of the things I learned in acting class, that most people aren't chameleons. Most people are, are great at heightening themselves. So I learned to just lean into that, be that character. And if people want me, they want me. If they want something else, then I'm probably not the right guy for them. But it makes it easier on all of us. See, you just said something very, very, very smart. You said a lot of smart things, but what you just said is that they're not ever. There's like three Daniel Day Lewises or Kate Blanchett's. Everyone else is basically doing themselves. So figure out how to do that the best. Absolutely, a absolutely, absolutely. So I I'd say, what do you got next? But I mean, like, <laughs> you just need to take a. He's like, all right, so newly married. <laughs> right? Newly healthy and newly skinny, right? I mean, he's got newly made shows that are just coming out. Quibi, Netflix. What do you got, Jason? Oh, nothing. I was just, uh, I put, I'm the red light. I was just, uh, oh, we're done. We're done. Ron, I can keep you on the whole show. I didn't want to let Ron go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Ron, you got anything? Where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Ron Funches. My website is ronfunches.com. Instagram is at Ron Funch. Um, the only thing I want to promote is that I'm in a Disney Plus movie coming out August 21st called The One and Only Ivan. It stars Angelina Jolie, Brian Cranston, Helen Murin, Danny DeVito, and Ron Funches. So that's 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 Wait, quality. You buried the lead? I did bury the lead. Angelina Jolie? What the fuck? <laughs> That's what I say. That's what I say. I was on a Zoom call with Helen Mirren. It was amazing. How are we not talking about this? You coming with the red well, light we're now? At, we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So August twenty first, we got the Disney Plus movie. We got your live stream in September, which we're putting up. We got Quibi, the show, the game show coming out when? Coming out August twenty fourth, and we have 24th. loops out August twenty first as well. So, so if you got kids, kids, give the kids the one and only Ivan, and then take the adults over to watch hoops. So like basically, instead of Burning Man, it's Ron Funch's week. Uh, last yes. week of August this year. It's the summer of Ron. <laughs> Ron, I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to leave you with this thought that you're going to ponder long after you're here at Stuck at Home. I want you to just notice that when you started your career. Your calls came back to back two days. Now, when you're hitting this, this moment, watch where your shows within three days. You got two coming out on the same day. The next one's coming out three days later. This is not coincidence. Then you got a week after that, you're doing your live Zoom. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ron Funches. Is this guy not the best? He's the best. Thank yes. you, Ron. We please come back, Ron. Thank oh, you please, so much. Anytime. Anytime. Uh, amazing. Hoops on Netflix, August 21st. Everybody's got it. Ron. You're the best. Thank you for being here, Jace. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. I'm just going to keep talking you. if you leave him on the air. So, <laughs> if, yeah, if you keep him on, I'm going to keep talking. Oh, yeah. No worries. How great no worries. is he? He's great. Don't He's you feel awesome. better now? That, well, yes. I just get a little bit tongue-tied because it's like very exciting. He's such a nice guy. It's almost like... I, yeah. I thought I knew him for 20 years. <laughs>
I mean, I, but don't you feel better now? Like in I general? I do feel better. Yeah, I do right? feel better. Did you well, enjoy watching that interview from the other I enjoyed side? watching it and just being able to laugh. And also, you know, because I don't, you know, it's one of those things where like, oh, I don't, I don't know anything because I know too much and I don't know what questions to ask because not everybody else knows all the things about Ron Funches that I know. Um, you really, uh, you were really fantastic. For the first time, that was the first time we've I've had Gilbert on here and, and uh, we've had that. Paul Poundstone and we've had lots of different people in here. This is the first time I was like, I don't know what to ask you, but I just wanted to like you. Do you remember that um, Chris Farley character? Uh, Which that one? <laughs> well, the one that was like it would interview <clears throat> famous people, but he'd only just like, hey, remember that time that you were this character, <laughs> right? And and then you said this, and then yes. and then this, and it, wasn't that great? That's how it made me feel right there because all I wanted to do was go, Ron, remember that time you're on at midnight. And you, you came out in a wrestling fan. uniform, and you you held the belt over your head because you hadn't lost a single event. That was cool. Like that's the only thing that's going on in my head. The only things were that, and I wanted to ask him, you know. And it was like you're King Shark, but somebody else is King Shark in the movie, and that just happens to be um, one of our Steve Agee. I was like, uh, I, but that's all I could think of because I was just so excited. But I was so glad you asked him so many great questions. Well, first of all, this guy is is really like a renaissance man. Plus, there's so many ways and things to talk to him about and mm -hmm. ways to talk. Like, you can talk about art. You can talk about just comedy without the art of it. You can talk about his life. You can talk about the health. You can talk about his marriage. I mean, like, it's, it's, he's an open fucking book. And I've used a lot of Fs this, this term, but it was worth it. I, I mean, this, this, move, the, this new TV show, Hoops, uses the F word so many times in the first episode <laughs> that I feel like you should get, just for this episode, you should get a pass. You could say 20 Fs and still not get Thank through you. the first two minutes of Hoops. Um, I feel good about that, by the way. And let me just say this about Hoops. And, and we've been complaining a lot that there's nothing to watch, yada, yada. This thing comes out. Now, we get to watch it already, so, mm, but, you know, uh, look, we have to do this every day. So, you know, this is, this is some accolades. That being said, we get the cake is basically the point. We get the cake, and we got to see the whole thing. But what I'm telling you is, and Jason, tell me and stop me if you don't agree, this thing is really funny. This it is thing really is funny. Like, you know, really funny. Like not really funny. And it starts off, and you're like, is this going to be cliche? You know, because everything's got to be a trope. you got to pull people in with some device. And then it's just off to the races. It's like, oh. nope. Oh this no! I I, mean, I thought it was like when I first watched the first episode, and I'm a, I'm a, obviously I'm a fan of Ron's, and I also really like Jake really? Johnson. <laughs> no, no, I'm all right. Okay, um, but I also okay. like the main. You know, I like a lot of these people, and Natasha Leggero is really funny, and everybody in the show is really funny, and so. Are you a fan of I, Natasha Leggero? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you like, know, the, do you like her stand up? Do you like her acting? Like, I like her stand up. I don't like the. I'm not as big a fan of the character that she sometimes plays, like the ritzy. You know the 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 New York elite kind of character that she sometimes slips into for some of her stuff, but in general, I think her comedy is really funny, and I think she's a very talented comedian. Well, um, here's the thing: she's incredibly talented. I unfortunately, the first time I saw her was on that that that. Uh, listen, I like Dice a lot, but I saw her uh, on that Dice show, oh yeah, uh, that, Showtime, which yeah. you know it was not her because then I I was like I don't like her at all. She's not good, and then I saw like a whole bunch of stuff she did. I'm like, she's really good. She's really good. <laughs> like she's, she's just really really so good. good. Like, but you it know? was surprising to me. She's not like uh, the one I don't like, Judy. Uh, Judy Greer on Archer. Yeah. Yeah. Judy Greer. Yeah. Judy yeah. Greer. But, um, you know, and, but, and then Jake Johnson's in the show, too, who I really like from New Girl and think he's a very funny. He's a oh, good writer, too. New Girl crush. Yeah, my New Girl crush. And, yeah. you know, he's playing kind of a this this character, you know, this, and at first it's like, are, is this just going to be an all swear show? Because it was still funny. Um, and and the, I don't know if you got to the part with the Denzel Washington joke 
No, uh, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> uh, with, with Cleo King, who's the very funny, funny actress vo voicing the principal. The principal. Yeah, she's has hysterical. A, she's hysterical, and she just oh gets my better. God. I thought she was going to play the foil, but she doesn't. She she's a member of the cast. There isn't a foil as much in the show. And that joke she opens on, like when you first meet her and she's like, I want your resignation on my desk by the end of the day. And she lets it sit, is what I'd say if you were fired. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. No, she's so good. And there's this, this whole running gag. You know, th there's a couple running gags. The Little Man Tate thing never ends. Um, I, okay, so you're either a fan of Little Man Tate or you don't know Little Man Tate or you hate I'm a fan. I don't think I've seen it, but I still Does love it. talk about the, the geometry with the pool? No, I don't know. No, he hasn't done any of that yet. It's just about oh, him God. being a little man. And it's just like, when he was a little man. And every time, like, it, at first I was like, okay. But then, like, it's one of those jokes that just grows he over the a, time. He was a joke. boy. He was a little man. He was 11 years old in college is what Jodie Foster was doing. You're just small. Which, again, makes it funny. I mean, I don't know if Ben, is it Ben Kaufman? I don't know if he's a short dude. But, uh. He's a ben, funny dude. Ben Hoffman. Yeah, he was Hoffman. very, very, very funny. And so that stuff, it was just, but then, you know, the jokes get better. The the, the show is, finds its way very quickly. And it is still filled with swears all the way through. But the, some of the most creative swears I've ever heard and seen. It's good. Agreed. And it actually wanted to, brought me to thought, oh, we, yeah, you go, you go ahead. I wanted to re just remember this. Go ahead. No, There's something it. about movies and tell. this is one of the things I've been thinking about with television for a long time is, TV has become a place and streaming has become a place that movie theaters would not, are not allowed to be because of the rating system. You can't get an NC-17 movie into a theater. So swearing and nudity and violence and all that stuff kind of came to TV, HBO, Netflix. This show, would you couldn't have this, this uh, cartoon in a movie theater. Oh, I don't know. This, if it's not for a place like Netflix or, you know, these streamers, these cartoons don't get made. I mean, think about the separation between, like, let's say Ralph Bakshi or Crumb. You know, and then we get McFarlane, right? So we go them, Disney, or Disney, them, McFarlane, and now finally, mm -hmm. you know, Fritz the Cat was 30, 40 years ago, maybe 50, mm -hmm. right? At least, yeah. now, now we're finally getting NC-17, like, you know, real adult right. cartoons. Well, I would, I would venture to say you couldn't put, you know, Game of Thrones into a movie theater. I think Game of Thrones would get an NC-17. I think that... For what? For nudity, sex? for their sex, there's more. In I the think first season, they stopped the sex. They well, I, 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 the sex. I agree. I agree, but you couldn't have out. that first season. Um, you couldn't put a lot of these HBO shows on there. You couldn't put Hung on in a movie theater. You couldn't put right. a, a no, lot I, of these. I, I get it. You're these right. TV shows and a lot of this, you know, just because there's, you know, you think about like a Kevin Smith movie. It ha can only have like forty two. Not to. Yeah, fair enough. Or Sorry. you know, think about South Park: Bigger, Longer, Uncut. Right. Okay, it started in the theater, by the way. Yeah, but it got cut. Like they, it's uncut, but it's not. They had to cut a bunch of shit out of it because, you know, they didn't want an NC seventeen. They had to cut down uh, Team America: World Police because you know there was I too much. in the theater with who? Bob Saget. Oh, really? And he's like, yep. did he stand up in the middle and go, "You think puppet sex is real? Uh, <laughs> I suck puppet dicks for coke." Um, he did not. You know what else I saw with Bob? What? Life is beautiful. Oh, really? No one wanted to eat after. <laughs> no, what, what do you? We're all a bunch of Jews. Like, no, but normally a bunch of Jews after a movie, you're hungry. Yeah. One Jew <laughs> was hungry. All yeah. the Jews went home after Life is Beautiful. <laughs> Roberto Benigni did all the laughing and eating for the Holocaust we could stomach. And then you just called, yeah, just everybody just called their grandma. Um. <laughs> 
I love you, Grandma. <laughs> I love you, Grandma. Nancy says, yeah, Handmaid's Tale couldn't be in the theater. That's one of the things that I really appreciate mm -hmm. about streaming and, and actually cable TV and all this stuff is that it, it allows you to circumvent, you know, those places where this, the MPAA has kind of implemented these odd like rules about what can't what isn't is not moral or is art because yes i mean listen for the longest time it's been like oh you can be violent as hell but don't show sex you don't show mm -hmm. a nipple you know right. like a nipple is going to corrupt our child but they can bash heads open and this has right. been an ongoing joke but you know it's not so funny because right. it's a little ridiculous one fuck in a pg-13 movie uh and it can't be about sex it can just be in a sweary type way you know, right, but you so, know what happens when you do this? This is what happens, and this is what we're seeing now. You see everybody with tattoos, everybody's cursing everywhere, podcasts have taken over because people don't want... The second you give someone something to rebel against, they're going to rebel. If you say, mm -hmm. you can't see nipples, and you go, oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make porn. Yeah. Can't make, I can't see nipples? Okay, I'm going to make porn. Where right. I'm going to see everything. I'm going to see vulva. And it's like, oh, okay, we can't curse on the air? We're going to make HBO. Right. It, everything you tell us we can't do, we're going to figure out a way to do it. So just tell us we can do everything, and then probably things will be normal. Exactly. Do whatever you want. Yeah, and then people will be like, okay, well, and that's what's really happened, right? Go now ahead. that you can do whatever you want to do with TV and all this stuff, people are making things like Hoops and making things like Handmaid's Tale. Yes. You know, these shows that maybe they wouldn't have fit in the MPA guidelines, but they're important. You know? Mad Men well, doesn't exist in all that stuff, you know? Well, but but I think you really hit on something uh, even even more layered than I was aware of when you first mentioned it, which is the censorship that came from the FCC, mm -hmm. right, has spawned the pay cable, right, HBO. So they figured out a way to super... The FCC is about money, right? It's a government yep. agency that censors free speech, I mean, right. for all intents and purposes, because oh, yeah. if there are airwaves, they should be free from 1948 till now. Right. They should be able to be said whatever we want. But right. there was an organization that decided, as Quakers or Puritans, to say, we are going to censor that. So out of that comes the HBOs and the pay cables and places right now. With news, with shows, with content. Are we not seeing with podcasts the burgeoning industry of what HBO was 30 years ago? Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you kind of take those steps again, you, you have, you have Stern and Sirius where they start allowing this stuff and they realize how this works, but you still are, um, you kind of have to react to the uh, advertisers, but he, that opened up to go, Oh wait, you can, you can, uh, you can like an F bomb and you, you know, you can, you could like swear words and by tide. You, they're, they're, yeah, they're, you, know, you can do both. You can do both. And people are like, right. yes, Yes, you can. You can yes. watch a show that's very crude and funny and enjoy that, but also something that's serious, but also has some darker overtones that you wouldn't, you know, that you might uh, block in a, you know, in, out of a movie theater or some people might find offensive. Well, right. I mean, I think the 50s did not do us any good. You know, you're talking about coming out of 19, uh, well, out of World War II, all these people with post-traumatic stress, no one's diagnosed, then they're alcoholics beating their kids, censoring everything, because if we keep everything on the surface clean, family, wholesome, then what, what is she saying? I have dropped the F-bomb at work, and thanks to you guys, I count them. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. So do we. Thank you. By the way, Nancy, you can thank my, my mother and father for that. <laughs> They're the ones that I, 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 it doesn't matter how old I am, I still listen. If my mom tells me something, I'm like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> Me too. Yeah, I mean, it's like I just, you know, Linda, I saw her. She was here. This is nice. She's here. Um, so, but what I'm saying about this is uh, the, the, this, the 50s did nobody any, any good, I don't think. This, this hiding who we were all these years, uh, the puritanical nonsense, right? So yeah. now we're at this place where basically Tide and everyone else goes, you know, for lack of a better term, F it. Yeah. We're going to sell to whoever's buying. Yeah. Well, you know, what do you got it, going on over there? You seem like you got like a lot of no, people kind of interested in it. Not mad at it. I'm interested. Oh no, I just look happy. At oh no, I was just thinking about you know, if you just think about the '50s and the immediate reaction to the '50s, the immediately think uh, thing I think of is Ginsburg and the Beatniks. Like, mm. can you think of a darker reaction to the '50s than the Beatniks and Howell? You know. Like, well, and free love. I mean, yeah. open marriage. I mean, you know, all of the things that we're going to get into about uh, the new Manson episode, which, by the way, there's only three. I don't know what you and Porch are talking about with uh, the four episodes. They get released every week. It's why I systematically pick this show. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was the just right a, word. Maybe it was just one of those things that was on my uh, on my. Are you I, saying I, that you still have I, more than four episodes? I don't I, I don't even have television right now, Mr. Dorfman. I don't know. You're really just blacked out. Yeah, I live. This is this is the most anybody on the internet can see me. And then when I close, I'm gone. Fucking Kaiser Soze style. But you I'll have service back. on your phone there, at least. Yeah, I, I I have some service. Okay, you have some service there. Um, there was something that I was thinking about. Did you watch anything over the weekend? Because we're going to talk about Manson tomorrow, right? Right. We're going to do that. We'll, we have yeah, we'll talk about tomorrow. Manson tomorrow. I'm trying to think if I've watched anything. So everybody, no. all stuck at homies, watch episode three of Manson to be caught up for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, now, we have a guest tomorrow also, though. Yes. Or no? Okay, we do. Uh, yeah. Right. See, when we have these uh, stilted weeks, I, I, you know, I lose yeah, my... Like, what day is today? Linda, Lyndon, love you guys. Well, thank you, Lori. That's very sweet. Um, I felt like this was a weekend. Even though we did the show on Monday... I felt like it was a weekend. So it was like Tuesday and Wednesday. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I, I felt like, okay, American Dad is just getting better. I'm just going to say, because we only have a few minutes. So I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm just going to get into a little content uh, just yeah. for a second. I mean, unless you had anything you no, wanted no, to. No, 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 no. I've, I've, uh, I've said more than I've ever, I've ever wanted to say today. I feel like Ron talked fast. He it. has a kind of a slow draw, but you guys talked about a lot of stuff in 30 minutes. So I feel That's like. fascinating. He's fascinated, but you guys also talked a lot faster. He's got that. He's got a deceptively. You guys had a deceptively quick talk. So go for it. I'm ready. Oh, okay. Um, by the way, if Ron was still, if Ron was still here, I would just be talking to him. I mean, that guy. I, honestly, I could have ran out the whole show with him. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I mean, he's like, God, just let me leave, please. <laughs> just get me off of this thing. But okay. That being said, okay. American Dad, I think, has gotten good again. Because there was a moment there, the weekend wrote that episode, you know I was faltering a little, and I'm a huge fan. It's, it's backup was a Roger episode. I'm very happy. People, most people, I don't know, people watching American Dad, I feel like no one responds when I talk about American Dad, so that's why I don't talk about it that much. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like people should get into it and watch it. By the way, I heard the Kroll show uh, has now dropped on CBS All Access. They're not changing the name yet? It is still, it's still All Access, and it is there. Right. So if you're interested in that, you, you can very much. Now, what I did finish, though, what we could talk about and wrap things up on this. I, I finished the season two of Umbrella Academy. Oh, you finished? Finished. What do you think? Done. Okay. I really like it. I don't love it, 
but I really like it. Right. If you okay. would you say you would so, you would have almost loved it if you hadn't if you hadn't been spoiled? I think I'm spoiled by Doom Patrol. Well, yes, I, I I think for sure I might have loved it. But what I will say is that I didn't love the first season, you know, enough to really stick with or like have it stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doom Patrol. So I wasn't spoiled by Doom Patrol when I watched the first season. The second season, and I don't know if they changed writers, but it doesn't seem like they did. It, it took on a new sheen. It took on a new energy. I, I agree. I think they figured it out. I figured. I think they figured out how to work all those characters together because they didn't. The first season didn't feel like they really made all the char- rounded all the characters out in a really interesting way. The mm-hmm. Batman character number. What is that? Five. Number five? No, five is the little kid. Oh, five is the little kid, but you know the the one that the, the knife guy who, who apparently went to A.E. Stella with my son. Oh, really? Yeah, in Calabasas. But he uh, they made him fun. Like he wasn't that fun in the first one. Which guy? The 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 knife guy in oh, the first yeah. season. He Diego. was much better. And they made the um the big guy. They made him so uh they made him so much more interesting and kind of soft and sensitive in a better way. I feel like they really and they. I don't know. I just feel like they, they found the characters. I they agree found with the you. Characters. I agree with you. You know, here's the thing. I have problems like in Doom Patrol, you know, with with whiny bitch characters, you know, like, uh, you know, and that is not gender specific. Anyone can be a whiny bitch. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like that's something you could still say because yeah. it doesn't apply to women. It's just don't be a whiny bitch. Right. Whiny bitch characters bother me. Right. The little girl, she gets mad. Ah, the candle maker comes out like, yo, mm-hmm. no. Right? right, like, oh, you're mad about you didn't get tea, and now you can, nine people are gonna die and get waxed to death. That bothers me. Like, like, don't be pet. Oh, let me say this: instead of whiny bitch, petulant. Petulant. I like a top twenty-five streaming Cliff and Jason list. We may do that, Lori. I like that idea. Okay, I don't know about the DM thing. Oh, Here's the thing. No, I don't care. I like it. I just mm-hmm. like to know what's going on. I'm very curious. Uh, we have to go, right? Are we done? Yeah, yeah, we are. You, got, you can, you, I, you can keep going. I'll give you a minute. I want to hear you. Okay, so Umbrella Academy, overall, excellent. I mean, very, very good. Ellen Page's character. Now, I really, really dig her as an actor. From Juno, I mean, I just love watching her, you know? And I hated her this entire thing until season, like, uh, episode nine. Mm -hmm. And let me say that the season finale, I thought, was by far the best episode Mm-hmm. They got me. They got me on like every level. They might have even got me a little teary. Oh wow! Cancer stuff. Oh man! Uh, you know, yeah, it's 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 real. So what I will say overall is, and this is my only issue. Okay, and we'll end on this. And it's a larger discussion. I don't understand why every freaking show has to revolve around the assassination of this pasty ass <laughs> in like you know cheating. Drug using mob associate president John F. Kennedy, who, by the way, did nothing. He changed nothing. He did nothing. He wasn't even like a president. He was a president for a minute. But this pasty face white dude, everyone's got to save him. Here's an idea. I'm just saying to all you genius writers who are sweating it out in rooms. Martin Luther King. Hey. Try right? Reva, same time, same era down in the South. Try saving MLK. Why is no one fucking thought of that? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm stuck at home. I really liked Umbrella Academy. All right, so we got to go, right? We do got to go, but that was, I, I can't agree with you more. Um, I can't play the music on our way out because I don't have my computer for that stuff, but. Um, That's okay. Tomorrow we will. 
Tomorrow we will. And everybody, stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. We will see you Friday on our next episode. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, please take care of each other, everybody. I love you. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye. A podcast network.